0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. This is a special morning devotion. We are calling to all believers, sounding the alarm that this is a day to awaken, to stir ourselves from slumber, As never before, we live in momentous times, pivotal times, and this is not a day to just say we'll go through the motions and we'll go about our ordinary course of business. For this day, Monday, November the twenty, November the 2nd, 2020, we are 24 hours away from a day that could change America. I'm sending this call out to everyone who gets this, to all American believers. Please rub the sleep from your eyes and awaken to the moment and to the hour that we're living in. I have confidence that God will always have a church. We believe that. Even in the worst of times, there will be a church. But the question for us today is will we continue to live in a country that allows freedom, freedom of worship, not just within the four walls of a sanctuary, but within our homes and within the public sphere? Or will a cancel culture wreck the freedom of religion? Today, I need to talk to you about grace, the space of grace. A window was opened a few years back over the land of America. We were warned, oh yes, we were, when the events of 9-11 and the hatred that struck this nation. There was a moment There was a moment that was clear to all in America that we prayed for a God-blessed nation. We sang, God bless America. We do not wish for a God-cursed America. America was warned then. Oh, yes, we were. We sensed it. Churches were filled to capacity with individuals seeking the face of God. Differences vanished. Divisions vanished. And so began a prophetic fulfillment Of a nation, though, a nation that was given a chance to repent, was struck either through enemy pestilence or tragedy. We were given a window of grace, a space to grace, a space of grace in which to turn around. But if that nation did not repent, then judgment would come. And America, America, we are about to experience one of the worst times in our lives unless unless prayerful, freedom-loving people arise. You see, judgment does not begin at the nation's capital depicted behind me. Judgment always begins at the house of God. And this is for believers. If you are a believer, share this. Share this with others. Spread the words. I frankly don't know. I really don't know if I will be permitted to share what I feel on my heart or if this devotion will be canceled like so many other voices in our nation. But while I have this brief moment, I will share what God has put on my mind. This is not a voice of fear. It is the voice of a watchman. It is the voice crying in the wilderness. I do pastor a church, but right now I speak for me. I speak for my family. I speak for generations to come. More importantly, I speak on behalf of the divine. Wake up, America, believers. Wake up. Until this year, 2020, the year of 1968, was considered the most tumultuous in our nation's modern history. But 2020 has now surpassed that. We are a nation filled with anger and angst and division and anxiety. Riots and revolution are on the lips of many. Cities are boarding up in anticipation of what will happen the next few days. Tens of millions of dollars are being laid aside to fight the results of an election. Across this nation at a time when the church was needed the most, the church has been closed. What a foretaste of a world soon to come, unless we wake up. You know that I've been talking about a national awakening, a worldwide awakening. But I wonder if the church herself, that she is not what needs to wake up, wake up in this moment, in this hour. You you consider what we're facing. It was not too long ago. A fellow apostolic, a woman named Ken Davis in Kentucky, refused to violate her biblical convention. As a clerk in her county, she would not sign off on a same-sex marriage license. What did she get for that? This old world's media gave her a lot of grief. The sins of her past were broadcast to the world. She was mocked. She was ridiculed. She was scorned. She was targeted with death threats. Her church received bomb threats. Her loved ones were in danger because of the stand that she took. She had been targeted by activists. They could have gone to any county to get that marriage license, but they will not rest until every county clerk in America toes the line and defies their consciences. She was asked, under whose authority are you refusing to issue us a marriage license? And she softly answered, under God's authority. You'd better decide right now whose authority you're under. Are you under an authority that has the power to take away your God-given conscience? Are you under the authority of the almighty God? Same-sex marriage was legalized in this country on June 2015, not through the passing of laws, not through our duly elected legislatures, but in the Obergefell versus Hodges Supreme Court decision. And don't forget, don't forget, in 2012, it was one present presidential candidate who let it slip. That this is what he wanted, the permission for same-sex marriage. Now we're moving into the arena of gender confusion. Another recent court decision said that the word sex means sexual orientation or preference. We're now being told that boys can compete in girls' sports. Boys can go to girls' restrooms and vice versa. And cities that don't allow that will lose conventions and conferences. And if you think it will stop at the stadium's doors, think again. It's coming to schools, it's coming to Christian schools and colleges, it's coming to churches, it's coming all across America. One political party is promising that if they are elected in the first 100 days, they will pass the so-called Equality Act. What will that do? That would add sexual orientation and gender identity to the protected classes. In existing laws banning discrimination, the 1964 Civil Rights Act that banned discrimination on race, religion, sex, nationality now will be changed if this political party gets elected. They will include people who self-identify as a differing gender than their birth. In just the last few days, one political candidate promised to the LGBTQ community that this would be passed and that he would go up against the bullies around the world, who are against it. They've already come against Christian adoption agencies and Christian charities and Christian schools and Christian businesses. Christian charter schools would have to say goodbye to funding. Christian colleges say goodbye to funding or toe the line. And if the legislators won't do it, then they just add justices to the court, add states to union. That is the plan of one party. Do you really think Believers, do you really think they're going to stop at Kim Davis? Do you think they'll stop with a Colorado baker of cakes? No, that man's still up to his ears in legal trouble, and so is Kim Davis. Do you understand where we are right now? We are in the closing moments of the space of grace, and you and I must decide, can we keep the window open a little longer? Or will we roll over? Will we play dead while the enemy comes in like a flood? My Bible says the trumpet must give a certain sound and I'm trying to provide that sound and I need you to lift up your trumpets and sound it as long and clear as we possibly can. It's beyond urgent. This is for the heart and soul of our nation. Do you understand that our freedom of speech is under attack? So-called hate speech will soon muzzle the freedom of religion. And any organization guilty of so-called hate speech will be attacked. Anti-discrimination laws were once thought to be a shield for the oppressed, but now those same laws and court opinions have become a sword against the silent ones. We live in a cancel culture that says you can't be quiet. You can't be quiet, you've got to side with us. You got to state whose side are you want. So I'm asking you American believers, Whose side are you on? Are you ready to sound the trumpet in Zion? If Planned Parenthood has its way, this election will go in their favor. This is the group that turns the unborn into body parts and tissue merchandise. If the pro-abortion industry has its way, the Hyde Amendment will be repealed. That means that your tax dollars could be used to pay for abortions Think about that, saints of God. One candidate for president last year now argues, last year argued that unborn life is to be protective. He argues that the Hyde Amendment should be kept. He supports a law to protect the other born. But the other candidate for president wants to repeal the conscience amendment. Last year, he flipped his long-held position. He wants to repeal the Hyde Amendment. And by so doing, he's saying it's okay if federal dollars are used to kill the unborn. At what point, believers, will we say enough is enough? This cannot go on. We didn't rise up when a Supreme Court acted in Roe v. Wade. No law was passed to permit that, only a court decision. And since then, 60 million unborn have perished in America. At what point is the blood of the innocent on our hands. We don't stand at a crossroads. We stand at a precipice. If we do nothing, America will topple. America will plunge into the abyss of judgment. You say that is fear speech. No, not really. That is faith speech. I have faith in the character of God. I have faith in the word of God that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to that same nation. When believers make a a deliberate choice for candidates who are in favor of redefining gender, in favor of permitting and even funding the lives uh, of abortion of unborn children, then they must decide, are they acting on the word of God? Are they acting in alignment with the character of the almighty, holy God? And speaking of God, I've read both political parties' platforms. And when I went through that, one political party in 92 pages of single-spaced type could only mention God once. Freedom of religion, they have three paragraphs. First paragraph, we believe in religious freedom. Second paragraph, but religion is guilty of intolerance and bigotry, and houses of worship may be protected, but there should be no religious exemption for Christians and business owners themselves. Read it for yourself. That's not an exact quote. Third paragraph, don't discriminate against Muslims. Again, that's not an exact quote. The other political parties, platform, 67 pages, 25 pages less. But God has mentioned from the preamble to the conclusion 16 times. The unique role of faith from the founding of America is highlighted and trumpeted. You have a voice, believers. You have a vote. Let that voice sound for freedom. Lift up that voice for God. Lift it up. I want to tell you four things, four things. First of all, pray. Business as usual is the curse of our day in the Christian realm. We cannot go back to normal. There is no normal to go back to. These are pivotal days, changing times, cataclysmic shifts in the atmosphere. You can't go back to business as usual. We've gone way too far for that we must sigh and cry and believe and pray like we have never done that before. I'm different from others you're going to hear on this matter. They would say, go vote and, of course, pray. No. Paul told Timothy, first of all, prayer. We pray first of all. We prayed last night in prayer at church for this election and this week and what's happening I've gone on record. You've read the book on prayer. You know how I feel. I feel that America is due one more last great final awakening, but it will not happen. This nation will not awaken until believers awaken as the disciples slept in Gethsemane on the eve, uh, on the eve of a cataclysmic uh, Calvary. I see a lot of sleeping believers wake up, wake up, and start praying as never before. Second of all, get out and vote. Your prayer is your voice to heaven. Your vote is your voice to this nation. If you're able to get out and vote, vote. If you're qualified to vote, vote. You see, the rule of the watchman was simple. If you sound the alarm and people are warned, You've done your job as a watchman. But if you don't sound the alarm and people are harmed, you have failed in your job. How can we as believers see what is happening before us and not sound the trumpet and sound the alarm? The third thing I would ask of you, pray, vote. The third is discern. Time is running out. Can you sense that? Can you sense that the window of grace is closing? Can you put your ear to the rail of eternity's time clock? Can you hear the thundering hoofbeats of the approaching uh, apocalyptic horses? Uh, Can you discern the times? We live in those moments of twilight. It was the rule of Nehemiah to the gatekeepers uh, discern. Don't open the gates until the sun is hot. Don't open the gates into you making out the contours of those asking for entrance. Here's what I see. Just as surely as the Roman Empire perished from political corruption, economic issues, materialism, so too is America crumbling. You need to discern the times in which you're living. It's the responsibility of each and every believer to discover what God is doing in this generation and to partner with that divine plan. And what God is saying now is to see what is happening in the heavens, that a war is taking place, that America is the prize. Do you not understand if America is taken out, a one world government will appear. If America is sidelined and marginalized, we will see that new world order emerge and the Antichrist in the wings. How will America be taken out? through moral collapse, political corruption, economic calamities. America is on the edge of abyss. Uh, Discern the times in which we're living in. Discern what we're going through right now. Awaken out of slumber. Hear me, America, wake up. And then finally, fourth, join with me on November the 3rd for a day of prayer and fasting. This is a day to cry out to God. This is a day to repent in sackcloth and ashes. This is a day to turn back our hearts and minds to God. Well, Brother Gurley, I'm busy that day. Get unbusy. Find a place to pray because what God is doing right now, he's calling for each and every watchman to rise up, to stand up, and to be counted in this day and in this age. This is our day. I'm calling on pastors. I'm calling on ministers. I'm calling on those who name the name of Christ. I'm calling on you to awaken from slumber and stir yourselves and awaken as many people. Go into the highways and byways and awaken people. We are on the verge of losing so many freedoms in this country. Are you going to take that laying down? Will you be silenced. I think we need to say, not on my watch. Not on my watch is it going to happen. I'm not willfully just going to let the trumpet give an uncertain sound. Not on my watch will I forfeit the next generation. Not on my watch will I just roll over and play dead and play possum and stick my head in the sand like an ostrich. Not on my watch will we grow spineless and voiceless. Not on my watch will the unborn not have a voice. Not on my watch will the oppressed not have a voice. Not on my watch. Will evil triumph over godliness? Wake up, American believers. Wake up, church of the living God. Tomorrow is a day that could forever change America. Tuesday, November the 3rd. Wake up, pray, vote, cry out. Don't let it be business as usual. This is an urgent cry to keep the window of grace open This is an urgent cry to keep that space of grace open. God, don't let judgment fall on this nation. We repent, we repent and claim your promises, oh God. Speak to our hearts today, Lord. Speak to us, God and we'll give you the praise. Be sure to share this with someone. Get the word out. If this stays up online very long at all, let this word get out. Stir one another. Stir one another in this last day, and let's believe that God is doing a work in our land. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this.